sometimes the man of your dreams turns out to be a monster. Warning, DC and RMD, the Swamp Thing edition, contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, please do not continue to listen. The Defender of the Green. What is up, everybody? You're listening to DC on RMD Swamp Thing Edition on Rayman Digital. If you're listening to us from your desktop, you can take us mobile. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Go ahead and find us out there. Like, rate, review, subscribe, do all those wonderful things for us. In the studio today, it's me, the one and only Bobby D. With me is David. Hello. And Steven. What's up? Your stereotypical Asian thing just threw me (laughs) off there for a minute. (laughs) So today we'll be breaking down and discussing season one, episode two, Worlds Apart. But first, let's talk some news because this news is actually just as interesting as the show. Last, Last week when we left, right after we left, we left you with the news that the show was getting canceled and all the reasons why. And I think probably about 15 minutes on my drive home, Mike sent me a text going, look at this. And we found out that there is a lot more to this story than they're letting on. And it just keeps growing and growing. Like, this is just as good TV as we're watching, I think. Yeah, I was really shocked when you sent me the article and I read it. I'm like going, really? Okay. And then I had to talk about it with Mike because this was like right up mine and his alley talking about mm-hmm. film production, if this makes sense. And it didn't make sense to me at first, but then Mike explained it to me and, and we were discussing about it. And in all honesty, this could be the real reason why it happened. So I thought the same thing. Cause as soon as, as soon as Bob read the text, he calls me as like, you're never going to believe this shit. And, uh, so the, you know, the news cycle was on full, yeah. full churn. And so it, all the articles kept coming out. And I told Bob, I was like looking at reading through everything and there was just articles contradicting one another left and right on yeah. was it tax related? Was it not? Someone didn't file the paperwork. Someone did. Yes. Did. So, so you guys can get in on the 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 secret here. It was originally reported that the Swamp Thing was canceled because North Carolina and a a paperwork mix up. You know where they thought they were going to re- uh, receive forty million dollars in tax benefits. No, it was eighty. It was eighty. No, it was forty. It was forty. Oh, okay. Forty of forty the of the eighty got it, got million it, dollar it. budget was supposed to come back in tax breaks. Well, it only ended up being thirteen, and so that's why they shut it down at ten episodes because it was just too expensive. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, you know, it, it, it was weird because you say that, and then. You were getting other articles out there that they were blaming Time Warner and because the people that were back in the DCU aren't there anymore and that they're starting their streaming service. I mean, I don't know what to think about this, but it's so interesting just to see like the business side of the TV show, because right now, if you go look, I want to say it's at like 92 or 93 percent like fresh. And I hate the fact that I use Rotten Tomatoes because I fucking bash <laughs> it on everything else. But it's the kind of standard bearer of what we do right now. Um, yeah. So I'm going to use it here for our advantage. Well, and, and going back to the, the tax thing, though, I mean, the, the $80 million from what I had read was the entire season's budget. Yeah, or it something. was the entire season's budget. And then, like, the way it was explained was, like, $40 million of that was supposed to be a tax break. That's why they film out there. Correct. To get those tax breaks. And for a lot of people How- that aren't in the know that's why like how certain projects are made is because of certain states it's not even it doesn't even just stop at film or television it's every corporation every corporation Uh, a lot of corporations picking up and moving shop because they can get tax breaks in other states and Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it is what it is, and it, it's shitty because a lot of these companies don't pay any corporate tax anyway. Oh, yeah. And that's why at first when I was talking about with Mike off air, I was like going, this doesn't sound right. I mean, they still wouldn't actually cancel this, right? And then when Mike broke it down, we broke it down together, and we were like saying a $40 million loss would be devastating. It, it, would, it would destroy a production. It would be except for the uh, state of North Carolina – that handles the taxes and all that stuff for film. I believe it was that department or whatever who yeah. came out with their own version of the story Yes, to say um, our entire budget 
is not even forty million. It was less than what they could have possibly given as a tax break. As a so tax then break. the plot thickens. Yeah, that's why that's why it was really interesting because for me when I was reading the articles, I was like going, number one, that film office, the the I forgot the guy's name, he came out and had to make a public Oh yeah. I'm sure his a, ass a, was a, getting chewed. Yeah, he, his ass was getting chewed because it was like you just lost a major production to our state mm-hmm. and that affects the entire state. What the hell happened? And there was talk that he was going to get fired because wow. of th- that's how serious this well, was. Yeah, cause you, imagine if, you know, like you said, you and Mike are more into like the, the film business side of it. Also, you guys wouldn't want to bring your project there. If you're Absolutely. like, this is what really happened. Well, even if it's not, you don't want that rumor around you because that could be the last thing somebody <laughs> read about this. And we're like, yeah, well, we're remembers. not going to North Carolina anymore. And or, if you notice, like even the news is still buzzing about this. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it is. It's the number one thing going around because you keep saying, seeing things and then like, uh, James Wan came out and said, "Hey, I don't understand why it was canceled, but I'll tell you this: all the cast and crew, crew, producing, writing team poured their heart into this. I'm really proud of everybody's work. Go watch episode two. Uh, mortalize these ten episodes. Swampy deserves it, you know. And then it goes into starting talking about the the Warner Media side of the house, to where you know you this is starting to go into well, DC Universe is failing." And that's a lot of the articles that we're seeing is that, oh, it got canceled and this is why the DC universe is failing. And I don't think it's failing. No, I don't think it's failing either because like you, when you take a look at what it's been able to produce so far, I think it's been a huge success on, 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 again, on an $80 million, but for this particular show, I don't know what it was for, for Titans and, and Doom Patrol, but for $80 million for this show and what we've gotten so far out of two roughly 60 minute 55 minute whatever episodes that for a feature length film there's 80 million plus right mm-hmm. there and and you know this is definitely not the budget of let's say uh end game or something of that nature but again think about like a, a, a typical film with this much CGI and effects, could any easily be in the sixty to eighty million dollar range? It easily hit the sixty but to they eighty. Got, they got ten episodes, so ten hours worth. The one thing, the one thing that made sense in the very end of it all was like, it Swamp Thing getting canceled it would make sense if it it was just a financial reason. Because if you think about it, and Mike explained this, and we were hashing it out, was like if put yourself into one of the executives positions when they get this report, when you get a report, Oh, one of our production houses, we gave 80 million to it. We're expecting, you know, a return back. And suddenly that return isn't 35 million. It's all of a sudden only 12. You are taking a huge loss. That's like at least $20 million. That's nothing to scoff at. So let's peel the onion back a couple layers and go off that hypothesis or that, that, Possible plot line that you just put out there for an executive. What if, in order to get the green light on something like this, someone within Time Warner or Warner Brothers pitched this and said, "This is what we can get," and that's where the lies began. Yes, and that's that's where I kind of actually started thinking about it with Mike, and I was like, "Going, no, this started. This didn't start with a clerical error." No, it started from the very beginning. It started with a lie. It started with a lie that basically someone promised that this prod, uh, this production would bring in money. Somebody inside Warner was dumping bullshit into the Warner swamp. Mm -hmm. Pretty much happened because if you think about it now, production wise, Swamp Thing is now pretty much behind the eight ball because in order for them to actually bring in a profit. They have to get subscribers. They have to get subscribers, and this first season would have to make landmark numbers, just landmark numbers. Oh, yeah. In terms of of viewership and streaming. And and it it can't do that. No, it can't. the question became, all right, we're going to take a loss on it for the first season, but then because of the amount of uh, what they lost, they're going to have to take a loss for second season because that money has to transfer over to second season. 
And but that doesn't exist. Yeah, and that doesn't exist. And financially, you know, in the industry, there is questions about, well, if we – with certain TV shows, if you take that loss, are you willing to take that loss for the first two seasons and then see a return by season three? And a lot – and some companies do do that, but it is an absolute gamble to do yeah. it. You're, you're rolling the dice there. You're rolling the dice. And, you know, unfortunately, like we said, we had the business side of it come out and then we see the plan, which is completely upsetting to most of us. <laughs> yes. Because this was part of a bigger plan to this Swamp Thing was supposed to run three seasons. And as we've seen with this episode, which we'll break down after the break, is that we started to slowly introduce other characters and expand this universe. Familiar names. Things like that. This was supposed to lead after three seasons to a Justice League dark show. Yes. We would have got what Mike last last episode was wanted more. Was wanted. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what we all kind of almost expected out of it. You don't introduce this side of the DC universe unless you have a bigger plan down the road. Yes. And so now you're just like it, it goes back to that whole DC Universe cancellation. This is, you know, they're in a big cluster now because if this was part of their bigger plan, what's their plan now? So so let me um, let, let me also point this out. So everybody knew they were taking a gamble at Marvel Studios with Iron Man. We've talked about it on the DC shows a lot. right? So yeah. so so we we know that they took a gamble with with uh, Robert Downey. And they took a gamble a second time when they threw Edward Norton into the Hulk into the movie. Hulk. They took a gamble a third time going with Thor and I would even argue Cap. They didn't know any of that shit was going to pan out. And these weren't A-list celebrities at the they, time, at least the last two. Exactly. They weren't A-list celebrities. They were known or known-ish. Um, they, they took massive gambles. And still stuck with it. Now, they all did fairly well financially, yeah. especially Iron Man, but they all did fairly well enough to where they still stuck to it. They still said, you know what? We have a vision. We have a plan. We have a strategy. We have a roadmap. And let's see it through to see what happens. They didn't just, like, run at the first sign of danger and then shut it all down. And if you look at how Warner's done all of their stuff in the film, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Like there's a difference between being agile and nimble in a business and pivoting and changing based on the market or based on whatever. This is just pure knee jerk bullshit. Oh yeah. Because like it, it goes, it goes even more into both companies philosophies. Like just like what you pointed out, I mean, Marvel and Disney, they're willing to take gambles on things. You know Why? I believe it's because they believe in the product. They believe in the out. product. Time Warner, if you look at it, it's kind of like it is a gambler's reaction to all of a sudden taking a huge loss and walking away from the it's table. It's a Wall Street. It's a Wall Street uh, reaction. Yeah, you walk away from the table. You take your losses. Get the heck out of there. It, it's it's the dollar and dollar and cents guys instead of the vision guys. Yes, right. And it, that's what's always been the problem with the WB is. And, you know, it, I know we always hear about like the Zack Snyder cuts of things like Justice League and what the bigger plan was and, you know, d uh, Dark Side and, you know, all, all these like bigger plans that they never let mature or no. uh, attempt to make. It's like, oh, it didn't work. We're done. We're oh, done. We're done. Yeah. We're done. And that, that that's the same thing going on with Swamp Thing. Instead of just flat out canceling the show. Like just let it rest and, and let, it, let 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 it come out. Maybe you do get a a huge following from it, and you're willing to put in the money. And again, I I I understand that we go through this whole thing of we don't want commercials that we're paying for this streaming service, but nothing stops you from doing like a a pre roll and a post roll like commercial for forty seconds. Mm -hmm. That you know, I don't think any of us would care if it was just like this episode is brought to you by Ford by the new <laughs> Ford Explorer, uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah, and, and just, just like oh, it, cool, and just do it right at the beginning yeah. or, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, because like uh, I don't know if you guys were like twenty four fans back in the day, but when Fox 
used to date Youth 24, it would be like that. Yeah. It would be like that. And yeah. then you put a Ford Explorer in the fucking show and they're riding around in the swamp with a new Ford Explorer. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, cool. Product I mean, placement. Dude, I mean, for, there's yeah. other things they could do to make that money back. For, for fuck's sake, she drives a four four door JK. Like, do a Jeep partnership yeah. and oh, play yeah. that up. Jeep in the swamp, or like, I don't know, pick some weird swamp boat. I'm not a boater, so I don't know what goes in swamps, but whatever. But ultimately, that it, it that goes to show. I don't want to use the word narrow minded, but how basically fickle. Time Warner is very fickle. I mean, they have. Bottom it, it, bottom line, their bottom line. That's it. Well, that's it. That, that's yeah. It. Well, and I think that's the problem going on with Warner Brothers and DC in general. Yep. Uh, because you, right now it's like instead of building depth into their DC universe, they're going wider with their expanding thing. Um, Lobo was announced today is going to be on Sci-Fi. Uh, you know, Krypton. Then uh, you know we have uh, the Alfred Show coming out. Uh, Lucifer's on Netflix. It's like throwing darts. You know, DC on CW. Correct. All our shows are on CW. Maybe. It's just like, all right, well, let's see. Maybe they'll watch us on this channel. Well, nobody watches that channel. We'll put it on this channel. Nobody even has this channel, but we'll put a show on it. <laughs> so here, here's the way I look at this. And again, going back to business, you know, what I deal with in my day-to-day life. You see Marvel where it clearly looks like they're playing poker. Yes. They are sitting down and they're playing a great hand of poker time and time again. But then you look over at Warner Brothers and they're playing roulette and they're placing chips on every goddamn number instead of either strategically playing poker or craps or something with a little bit better odds. They're just sprinkling the chips across everything and then hoping something lands. They're sprinkling a bunch of small bets yeah. instead of just really focusing. Yeah. And then if that number wins, suddenly they say, okay, we're going to put all our chips on that one. Yeah, and see, it, you, at least that has some kind of strategy. The way I look at it is I'm throwing a dart. I'm aiming at 20. I give my daughter a dart. She's throwing at it. It might hit the wall. It might hit the floor. It might go in the ceiling. Right. That's that. That's the way I feel like Warner Brothers is working a lot of their stuff or, you know, at least with the DC, you know, library of characters and licensing that they're going out there with. So, well, and, and side note real quick, uh, I, right before I showed up I uh, to the studio, I, I read an article uh, rumor mills churning again on Superman, and it sounds like Warner Brothers got another Superman in development without Henry Cavill. So it kind of just underscores, if it turns out to be true, it just kind of underscores everything we're talking about. For, oh, yeah. For an entity that I love, I just feel like they need to get their shit together and have one direction and then stay with it, stick with it. Well, think about it. Look at the Batman news that's come out with Robert Patterson and basically all the other actors, and you can kind of tell that they're basically, all right. If this doesn't succeed, we'll just reboot again. <laughs> yeah, just keep rebooting. Although I will say on that note, someone informed me last night that they had heard rumors that Macaulay Culkin Macaulay was, Culkin was going to be Joker. I am all in. Uh, if geez. that ends up being the case, I would like that. I would even take him as the Riddler. I think he's crazy enough. Yeah. Like, have you seen him lately? Oh, he would be perfect. He's well, amazing. And this would be a perfect talk for uh, for Wayne talk. Let's do it. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll have to plan something on uh, who we want to play these characters. Ooh. I I I, uh, I I think that's enough for our Swamp Thing news. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll actually get into the episode. This is Star Wars from the Bucket Tank Exclusive. Return of the Jedi, or you, the last Jedi. Why are you Jedi. saying that you're a Star Wars fan? You're not. <laughs> if you don't like one out of those, what, ten movies, roughly, that we have now, how many do we have? About ten? Ten. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't like one or two out of those ten movies, but you can still watch it and enjoy it, then you're a Star Wars fan. But yeah. if you hate on everything, everything, and you always go back to New Hope, then you liked a certain set of movies that came out forty plus years ago. You're, you're not a fan of Star Wars, you're so just move on. Quit, 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 quit beating me over the head with your toxic, smelly dick. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to taste it. I don't. Sorry. I don't want it. <laughs> Douchebag, but that's in Ohio. 
Geek Out Saturday. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like, <laughs> those books got real dark. <laughs> for kids. Or, like, one of them, like, you get... This is, I mean, the this the is fact that Marvel's for... been doing it for ten years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist. Television has been doing this for decades. <laughs> and I stumbled upon it while I was hunting alligators. And this guy starts whistling at you. He beckons you. So I thought it was a mission, like a side mission. So I went, and then I realized what it was when it was too late. Yeah. I walked in, it's the guy starts And that's how they go out. Like, because the, the rebirth, when they ditched the new 52, because the new 52, they weren't always on the best of terms. They're back together, or, you know, they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know. They just feel like the universe is pulling them together. Catch up on your favorite Rayman Digital Geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rayman Channel 001. We are back. Let's let's get into this episode. There, we actually see Swamp Thing come to life. Um, ish, ish. Well, well, that 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 scene was pretty fucking disturbing right off the bat. Oh my god, oh, that yeah. was that was wonderful though. Uh, uh, no, it was, and just like the ripping away of you know, I'm gonna say his flesh. Yeah, flesh. Yes. Um, and then mirroring it with the child in the hospital bed pulling out the wires and the way like i'm like is she gonna rip out hair don't rip out hair like oh i know right you know stuff like that i was kind of getting like nervous about but it was such like a cool thing of watching swamp thing again technically come to life and and come to grips with like what, what the you hell? are and looking yeah. down at the the reflection in the swamp and then in his hands and the horror that basically it, it just entails because it that that's how you use proper disturbing gore yeah is using that parallel mm-hmm. and showing just like what you guys said is like that showing the girl ripping uh, any, that bothered me any that bothered show me. that i see anybody wake up in a hospital bed and rip out an iv, IV? i'm like oh, what are God. you doing like i had an iv recently um at, at the doctor and i'd never had one before and it was just a saline solution um I, but i'd never had it before and it was like one of the weirdest sensations you can taste it on your tongue like you taste this metallic oh, yeah so bizarre and then but just a the feeling of it in your arm and to think that someone can just rip that out like uh and and the most disturbing thing that i found in that scene was like because i i used to work in the hospital as a transporter oh okay and i've seen people do that that's crazy to me they wake up and suddenly they freak out and start ripping the iv out and, and there's, I a, just start, there's a direction you have to go to i was, like going, <laughs> I was watching that going oh they're going accurate with this dude it makes my asshole was, clinch just yeah, thinking about it it was just it, it was like for me, that's how you get the proper tone. Yeah, and that's why I liked is the fact that the second episode, they still kept that tone that we had in the first one where it's like, mm-hmm. we're going to mess you up. Cringe, cringy. Cringy. It's cringeworthy. Yeah. And but like I was impressed with his overall look, the costume, mm. the, the makeup, uh, everything that they did. And you're just wondering again, I, I go, it's it's hard for me. And I don't know if you feel the same way, Steve, but being that I've done 300 fucking DC on CW shows about Arrow, Flash, and all those other things, then I'm just looking for cheesy type things. Yeah. And then I'm watching this going, oh my God, this is amazing. No, but I guess this is what $80 million gets you. Too. Yeah, this is what $80 million gives you. And, and, and when he was pulling his skin off, the, the he clearly was kind of latex of some sort, yes. but when he was pulling it off, it, it still felt like flesh married with with moss married with yeah the sound design of it too yeah it, just it, set that yeah environment of like okay he, he's this is this is his first appearance we're gonna make it count and they did i mean when he reached up and ripped a huge chunk of his head off. out <laughs> and i'm like oh fuck and then he did it to the other side and that's when to bobby's point i thought Oh man, this little girl is going to rip her hair out, and I, I I didn't want it, but at the same time, I wanted to. Is that weird? <laughs> because you're like going, 
parallel me. Parallel, yeah, <laughs> give it to me. Go for it. And then, yeah, the, the, but she, they even teased it a little bit because her hand was like right by her yeah. ear and she grabs it. I'm like, don't, don't, don't rip your ear off. Oh, your, dude, you know? that would be so disturbing. And you're just like, oh, how far are they going to push this? But I, 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 I want to say right now, the little girl is the most interesting character to me. Um, I just want to know, and you guys kind of talked about it last week, uh, you know, Steve, what is random, how the environments are all connected <laughs> and um, it actually makes sense now. So kudos to you for that long ass story last week. <laughs> but, uh, you know, is, is she going to end up being the voice of Swamp Thing, you think, or are we going to actually find a voice for him? Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe he talks. Because if I remember correctly in the USA series, he, he did talk. Yes, he did it talk. It could be an interesting take that she is the vessel, the channel in which he can communicate. It would make sense, especially with the with the idea that they're going with with the series where it's very supernatural. You're dealing with spirits. You're dealing with ghosts. And after seeing this, it's basically I'm getting those telltale signs of like the current Swamp Thing comics where it's kind of like it connects to the rot. It connects to mm. uh, the red. And I think that she is going to be kind of like one of those avatars where Swamp Thing's able to speak through her. Like she can feel what he feels kind yeah. of like an emotional or like an E.T. Elliot kind of connection. E.T. Elliot type of thing because that's – that. That vibe has always been with Swamp Thing since like the 90s. And it's kind of like a thing of his where he's connected to everybody. Everyone can – the whole point about Swamp Thing is he can connect with anybody. Because of life. Because of life. Because he's connected to the green and the green is life. And that's why – So for the non-comic people and me included – you went into the green and the red and a lot of that stuff last week. Can, Can you explain that? Well, in the DC universe, when Swamp Thing, in the especially in like the Vertigo line, they explain that in the DC universe, while every, there's a lot of spiritual elements in DC, you have your gods, your new gods, Dark Side, all mm-hmm. that stuff. But then there's stuff past it where it deals with you know like the bare bones of like the meaning of life, like the green, the red, and the rot. The green is basically plant life. It's basically Earth. The elements, earth, wind, fire, Mm. water, all that stuff. Captain Planet. Yeah. (laughs) And then you get the red, which is all animal life. And that that deals with like blood, anything that has blood in it. And then you have the rot, which is the dead. And that deals with like the underworld. The the stuff that Madam, in this episode, Mm -hmm. that Madam Xanadu was touching into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like going... They're touching on the rot. I now know what, what's going to happen. Okay. It's, it, it is the rot. That's what, that's okay. what that character is. So that that kind of stuff gets you excited, right? I oh, mean, it does. This, this, is, this is your thing. This is my thing because I really do – Swamp Thing for me really uh, was one of those characters in, in DC that I basically said that a lot of like comic book fans were afraid of getting into because it really went metaphysical. Mm-hmm. And it dealt with very like religious elements that people in comics aren't really comfortable with because you don't want to mix that with Superman. Yeah, That's, it's the hero saves the day. This your hero saves <laughs> the day. Swamp Thing does not do that. Mm. <laughs> Swamp Thing basically says what's best for everybody is the best thing. That's why, you know, if he has to fight like in uh, in one of the biggest Vertigo runs, he fought Batman. Mm-hmm. And like everyone's like, why is he fighting Batman? Well, because in Swamp Thing's mind, Batman is not doing the right thing for mm-hmm. Earth. Mm-hmm. He's doing what's good for Gotham, and mm-hmm. that doesn't work for him. Mm-hmm. So he's willing to actually do really bad things to Batman. In the comics, did did Swamp Thing ever ever uh, team up at all with Rachel Ghoul? No, <laughs> that would have been that would have been an interesting thing. A lot of people basically said there's a lot of. Like similarities, similarities to yeah. it, and people basically said there's a lot of like fan wants in the DC universe that basically why is this character not being able to team up with this character because mm-hmm. it'd be awesome. Recently, we got that finally with Swamp Thing and Poison Ivy because mm-hmm. everyone's basically said perfect pairing. Yeah, yeah, it is a perfect pairing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, back to that Swamp Thing costume and effects and just how the actor. And I kind of spoiled something a little bit before we went on air, but 
Um, in the other shows, you know, this is part of the Berlanti universe. The Berlanti universe includes the Arrowverse and, you know, things like uh, Archie and Jughead and the, Ar- you know, the Archie <laughs> gang and all those people that are on the CW. And the guy that they brought over was actually Dwarf Star in The Flash <laughs> for like three episodes. Derek uh, Mears. I couldn't believe that when you brought that up. I'm like, I was like, no, so, so no, it couldn't be. So what's funny about that, though, because. I, I knew that even though I didn't I didn't put the connection, Bob. That <laughs> I knew it, that, but I didn't know that. It, yeah, and the reason I knew it is because I had seen who they had cast. Um, and you recognized them. And I recognized him, but I couldn't figure out where I recognized him from. And then when you said that, that's why I was like, wait a minute, what? And I had to go look him up. And when you look at the, 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 you know, the still shots, the production shots of Swamp Thing, you can see his physicality under that, that makeup and effects. Yeah. He was the perfect person to put in this because even his his jaw structure, his cheekbone structure, his brow structure, it feels like the swamp thing that we all know from the books. Like it, it it's a monster. It's yeah. a true classic. So what we're saying is this guy's a monster. <laughs> and he's probably spent his whole life getting called a monster. And now he gets to play one on yep. TV saying, fuck you guys. Look what I did. <laughs> look what I did. So, this is his moment to shine. Yeah. We, we talked a little bit about the Madame Xanadu and, you know, the, the voodoo magic that is done on Miss Sutherland. <laughs> that what, that's still one of my favorite scenes in this episode was actually Zan, Xanadu and doing that seance. Yeah. That was creepy. And, and she didn't even really have to get deep into it either. It's like she channeled whatever she channeled on a dime. And yeah, it was it was disturbing. I felt very disturbed after that one. <laughs> It was it's one of those things now it's I, I I hate the look to the end, but they're doing so much character development yeah. throughout the show. And you're just like, oh, man, I, I hope this all gets the payoff at the end that it deserves. Yeah, same here, because like the, they have like so many story arcs going on, like the Sunderland story arc yeah. is just really interesting. And the, they were able to take two characters that if you know Swamp Thing aren't you're not supposed to feel sympathy for them mm. but you do for her you do for her yeah because it, it's a mother who's basically it would become child. obsessed she loves her child yeah. she can't let that go yeah you know and no no parent would actually uh, would no. like refute that yeah yeah definitely but, but what i felt was really interesting about it um was with with him he took a different approach to the whole she has clearly shut abby out like you 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 killed my daughter is essentially her take on this and for that get the fuck away from me i don't want to ever see talk to you again whatever he took a very different approach when she showed up in the house and he was very obviously manipulative yes it was it was clear as day and at first it you you could feel the emotion. She's such a good actress, and she was able to turn on those waterworks so well in that scene, and it felt genuine. It felt like, oh, my God, you know, he, he was coming at, at her very father-like, like, look, this thing happened, but you're my other daughter, even though you're not my daughter kind of thing, and it, it just felt very genuine. And then there's a moment during that that dialogue <laughs> exchange where you're like, I see what he's doing. <laughs> he's just manipulating the shit out of her. Just yep. like he has everybody in this community. And then that sets the tone for who he is mm-hmm. as a character. It's really well written. It's, it was really well written and really well acted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're getting. Cause we, like we see on this show, a ton of familiar faces, you know, where, whether, you know, they were third or fourth characters in it, but they're people you recognize, you remember, you remember them from things and you see them all come together and you realize how good these people actually are. And, you know, that's the, the perfect combination of the acting and then the writing that's going on with this show right now that you believe and you feel for these characters instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, they're able to portray the words that are put down on paper and make you believe that there's really something going on. And it's always nice that I've seen with these DC Universe shows of, you know, when we do our normal 22 episodes, we're like, ah, we got to give them like six, seven episodes. (laughs) Then they'll figure out who the fuck they are, you know, and Mm. we don't give up on them until then. Well, you don't have six or seven episodes when you go 10 or 13 episodes. They have to hit right off the bat. Mm. And we're seeing that with these characters. 
Do you think some of that also uh, with with the shows comes down to the pacing of how they shoot the television series for the CW? Where it because it's it's they're turning around on a weekly basis. They don't get to spend the time necessarily uh, running doing table reads, running the dialogue with one another, really getting into each scene that maybe they do are able to do here. Yeah, it's just such a machine. It's just like uh, churning. Yeah, you you go to McDonald's, you know what hamburger you're going to get because they're just constantly flipping them burgers, you know, and then you go to a nicer restaurant and get a nicer hamburger. <laughs> it takes a little bit of time and it pays off at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I think, yes, that's what probably what we're getting there. It, it's the machine. And we've heard the machine get talked about, like Kevin Smith talks about it when he goes and directs yeah. those things. It's like, I don't do anything. I show up <laughs> buying food, tell but them the, where to go. That's it, about it. Right. About and, it. But that machine, uh, it allows them to drive a consistent schedule, yeah. but at the cost of getting the, the quality, the quality, yeah, the quality in. And so I, I think, yes, you, you're probably right. It's just the churn of. The, you know how much and then swamp thing they'll sit there for you know what was it six months and film these 10 episodes well also you yeah. go figure that it, it's kind of like what me and mike discussed back in doom patrol one of the biggest problems that doom patrol would never fit in a normal tv uh schedule because you're dealing with they're in the dc universe i noticed that they're willing to tackle like a lot of different stories that people aren't used to mm-hmm. and like Say, for example, like Flash. Flash started off great, but then it just basically was Barry's mess up time. Barry goes back in time, fixes time. Suddenly that another villain comes back in time. Right. And then and fill it, another week. And fill, fill another week. week. Fill another week. But then you go to DC Universe and also you're dealing things with like physical trauma, therapy, in Swamp Thing, horror, body horror. Mm-hmm. Um Brennan Fra- Fraser fucking his his uh his <laughs> housemate. His, his housemate. It's the only thing you remember from Doom Patrol. Because <laughs> it was such a beautiful scene. Like, oh, it, I, was. It, it was so well done. Stephen. <laughs> um Yeah, I uh no, we we're right there. You're they're tackling things that we just don't see on you know basic TV. And I think that's why I, I think most of us are more excited about covering these type of shows. Well, well it's like I feel like I'm watching um, an HBO or Cinemax or Showtime take on you the say character. Cinemax because Brandon Fraser fucked his maid. <laughs> yes. Well, that's Skinemax. Um, but it feels like it's one of those types of shows that's giving me that mature uh, show about the content that I grew up liking and loving. Yeah. And so it, it's a fresh breath of air, you know? So uh, we talked a little bit about like early Flash and Arrow. And here's another one for you. Uh, Blue Devil, Blue Devil <laughs> was an Arrow and Flash early on on movie posters. What? Really? <laughs> you think I? Yeah, one hundred percent. Hold on. Uh, season. I think it was season two of Arrow. They walk by and it's a Blue Devil movie poster. And I want to say season three of Flash. Iris and Barry are going to the movies, and Blue Devil two is coming out. Please tell me it was the same poster because that would be amazing if, uh, if it was. I, I, I have no clue, like frame of reference, like anymore. But I know Blue Devil was one of those things that was. Oh shit! Are we getting teased? There. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. So I just want to point out. For anybody that's out there and and gives a shit, <laughs> so the Blue Devil comic number one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show David because he's sitting here. So that is issue number one from <laughs> 1980 probably, something. Yeah, probably in the 80s. Um, and then here is the poster that is in this in the show, and the layout of the poster in his pose minus the broad on his shoulder. Is almost the same. Is almost the same. <laughs> like yep. the angle of the of the trident and everything. Like, and that's the thing. It's kind of like the uh, the when details. You, when you go into the details like this, that's when the shows really do kind of like hit a soft spot for me because they're they're. It's kind of like that reassurance that we understand what universe we're in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we understand our fans, and we understand the fans, and the ability to actually the past three series that they did on the dc universe i i've have nothing but positive things to say about it because it respects that mythos that was set in front of it you know you saw it in titans you saw it in 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 doom patrol and now we're seeing it in in uh, swamp thing but 
they're just not focusing on those characters. They want to actually show, hey, the universe, the DC universe is really large. We'll do this like little Easter egg that makes sense for for our universe, right? Because they know that fans will be going, well, would wouldn't so and so know about this? That's why in Swamp Thing, the one thing I'm waiting for, the one thing that I'm like, like he has to show up is Constantine. I got it has to show up like, well, okay. So legends of tomorrow did make mention of swamp thing this year to where he's like, well, I have a friend uh, down South that lives in a swamp (laughs) that may be able to help Help us. us. (laughs) Uh, So it it is one of those things as we slowly get these Easter eggs, like this blue devil thing, you know, one Ian Ziering surprised the shit out of me. I didn't even know he was cast to be part of the show. I thought he only did Sharknado and Beverly Hills, 90210 reboots. Uh, but obviously they've casted them for other things. And it, I mean, maybe that's going to be DC's thing. Let's find actors that haven't really been cast in the best things and see if we can get them on. You know what though? Like I felt he did a really good job. Like I, 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 I believed look, him as, as the guy he was playing Cassidy. Like, yeah, I, I Cassidy. Believe, it felt great. I, I don't like put down his acting ability i'm just going off of even like we talked a little bit about before in like the news section about the robert pattinson thing most people think he's a sparkly vampire you know i look at ian zeering and i'm thinking oh good you did fucking 18 sharknados with (laughs) tara reed and okay what are you doing in my show now well well in so in fairness if they had casted Tara Reed in something, I would have a very much different take on the situation. <laughs> on the situation. But when, when he walked into the scene, because I had forgotten they, they had cast him in the show. I had read it months back or whenever, but I had forgotten. And then when he came in, I was like, oh, it's Steve. Because that's what I know him as. <laughs> yeah. But then once he started getting into it, I was like, you know what? I'd buy this. But if it was Tara Reed that came out, I'd been like, no, you're fired. Yeah, you're, you'd be like, automatically, no. <laughs> automatically, no. Get out. Yeah, so, and you know, this show was a lot of different introductions as we get into it. Because they were setting up like... They're setting up something big. They're setting something something up big. I'm like trying to figure out, okay, up to this point, we're kind of getting little hints what the story arc of Swamp Thing is. We see the two story arcs with the Sunderlands and then with Alec. Mm-hmm. And then we know that something's going on spiritual wise. So they're going to be introducing magic elements by the end of this. What in the world is going to happen? Because like I was like, I went into the series thinking that, Oh, swamp thing's going to be horror based. That's it. You know, call back to the old 1970s comics where people who disturb the swamp have to be reckoned with yeah. with the swamp thing you're, you're you're waiting for that like stereotypical um you know formula of something fucks with the swamp swamp thing fucks swamp with, him. Fucks with yeah. him. and then we move on <laughs> and then we move on but like there's something really big that they're trying to get to because they're just like what you said bobby it's like they're introducing characters that i'm like going wait a minute why is he here well, Wait, why did he show up? <laughs> well, right. And so they did the introduction of, of Woodrow. That was the other big one yeah, that, yes. that caught me. And, and, um, I put it in here, you know, he, he becomes Floronic man. Yep. And we saw Floronic man years ago in the unfortunate mistake of Batman and Robin. <laughs> and in that one, it was played by, and this is where this whole Berlanti thing and CW thing just kind of comes full circle multiple times. Uh, the guy who played that character in Batman and Robin was the guy who played Lex Luthor's father in Smallville. So there's like this weird incestuous oh, yeah, right. recycling of all these characters, both past, present, future and actors. And I enjoy that. It's like a weird little film buff nerd thing, I guess, for me. But um it's like, are are we going to get him? Because in, in I, I think and- we are because the the recommended reading for this whole series was the Saga of Swamp Thing. Yes. Okay. And okay. so you know he's a major part of yeah. what's going on in there, and I I don't see DC being that dumb that they're going to tell you to read something that doesn't have some kind of direct connection mm-hmm. to what the story. Because at least you know even with the Doom Patrol stuff, they were pointing you towards the right Doom Patrol to read that you yeah. weren't reading. You know. Um, how quickly I can't think of the dude that um, the rock guy's name, but it, uh, the thing. No, <laughs> <Stephen>. <laughs> um, but um, 
not the thing rock guy. God damn it, you're fucking just threw me off. He's such an asshole. But the thing, I was like, oh, the thing. Never mind. Yeah. I, but at least we won't, um, you know, we won't see him create poison ivy and yeah, bane like we, like we did before. Uh, but what will he create besides the stuff that's in the swamp? In the swamp. We, we mean, found out he's the culprit and then it starts to dig deep. Well, what, what exactly was Sutherland hoping? Was he hoping for prosperity and bringing back more economic value to the residents of this small yeah, what, community? What is he going to do? What's his end game? What's his end game? And clearly it went sideways and now he's got to try to cover it up and he's calling him on his, his thing that he delivered was not delivering on the promise and that's what i like is like they're they're really sticking to the guns of actually introducing these characters that are key to swamp thing but also can actually bring in other elements in the dc universe that just shows how deep the show can get they took some time to map it out you really do see that it's really well organized to the point Mm -hmm. that they have some kind of big end game and like maybe that end game was justice league dark god only knows I mean, and it's disappointing that in God will only know. Yeah, God will only know <laughs> at this in point. 2022, because we're not sitting here going just League Dark just premiered. Yeah, the yeah. first episode. The only thing we know that's shit. after Swamp Thing is Stargirl, which got pushed back to 2020. Which got, pu- it got pushed back. Hmm. So, like after they're done with this, what uh, what other thing could they possibly? I mean, I think the Harley Quinn cartoon is it. So, I mean, and that has nothing to do with any of this. And that has nothing to do with Wait, any that, of this. Wait, that, that's something they're putting on the DCU app? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. an adult-based cartoon. Oh, like like the Batman and Harley Quinn was? Yes, basically. Yes. Which showed Poison Ivy yeah. teaming up with Swamp, <laughs> Swamp Thing. thing. <laughs> Funny. Um, so we talked a little bit about the gore. I think the goriest moment, as Steve wrote in the notes, <laughs> that Eddie Van Halen harpoons the Swamp Cops. <laughs> And I was like, was that Eddie Van Halen? And looked it up because I was like, that wasn't. But that's a good reference. There. So, well, it looked like Eddie did. It did. It definitely looked circa like. Ni- or circa 2007-ish. <laughs> that's exactly what Eddie Van Halen looked like in real life before he got kind of got cleaned up and sober again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you kind of saw something was going to happen. He just looked like a shady character. Yeah. But then to swing that harpoon and go right through his face, I, again, cringeworthy. I thought like, that they were going to cut away. Like, you wouldn't see it. Dude, in Titans, <laughs> we saw someone get blasted with a silenced pistol. Like, anything goes at this point. Yeah, anything goes now. <laughs> and in front of a small child, yeah. which she didn't know was there, but... Poor kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, and it was such a perfect way to let Swamp Thing reveal himself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and the powers. And I mean, it was such, again, I hate anything that makes like the anxiety. And, you know, when he's pulling out the machete and just the tone of him and she's hiding under the water, you're like, oh, fuck, he's going to come through the roof. And when the yeah. you know the knife comes through, and then Swamp Thing reveals himself, it was just like, and you get that hero moment of like, oh my god, he's gonna say, it. and then he rips him completely. <laughs> so that apart. was the thing when Swamp Thing steps back, and you he was in pain, you know, he'd been stabbed yeah. a couple of times, and he's mm-hmm. regenerating whatever, and then he screams like the the uh, you kind of don't know what's gonna happen at first, but like. When when the the plants come out and the vines come out of nowhere, the the speed at which they came to wrap themselves around all of his appendages and then pull him pull out him into the swamp, you're like, holy <laughs> shit! It, like he he's getting a feel that he can control these things on a whim. But when they cut back to that wide shot and those things rip him apart from all sides, yeah. That that frame was like a double page spread. Oh yeah, because like the thing that was really impressive, like that was supposed to be his superhero reveal. You know, like the superhero jumps in. <laughs> he, well, he did. He did, but like they turned, they took that whole feeling of a superhero moment and turned it on its head because it's kind of like they said, no, he's not your atypical superhero. He might not even be a superhero. No, <laughs> no. And he, 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 he's more almost kind of more judge dread in that regard, yes. I guess yeah. I would say, but he, he, uh, you know, for a little girl to have just witnessed a cop get harpooned in the face, 
and then to witness that. I mean, do you think this, <laughs> this this chick's having any kind of psychological problems? She's <laughs> feeling this man. She's seen shit. Uh, she felt her dad. She has this connection. She has something going on. I don't think a harpoon in the face is really going to bug her. Oh, no. Point. she's gonna, And she's then she need... saw a guy get like literally drawn and quartered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's going to need years of therapy to get through this. <laughs> and, the, and the best part of it far is his name is Alec. Yeah. Yeah. yeah his wait. name is Alec. That's and, what I told and I'm like going. I'm like going, that, that girl is traumatized. <laughs> well, I told Steve, I was like, they leave you at such, the endings of these shows are like, they're such good cliffhangers. Yeah. That, you know, she makes the announcement and it goes to black. And you're like, motherfucker, come on. I gotta wait another week for this? Yeah, it almost makes you wish that it had been dropped all at once. All because, at once. It, you know, yeah, kind of how the Netflix does it. Because then you can just binge it because you're like, it's like crack. You can't put down the pipe. You yeah. just gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. Yeah, it, and it leaves you excited, uh, you know, for what comes next. But um, going back to the drawn and quarter scene, what I really appreciate here is that I've been in this, again, it sounds like this is my therapy talking about superheroes, but four years of training to do something cool. And then the cool thing happens when we find the guy at the end, this was mm-hmm. like, eh, fuck it. Let's see if this works. Ex- whoop, whoop, gone. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like not trying to learn how to use my powers or how to do this, how to do that. It was just done. And you're just like, all right. Yeah. It didn't take 16 episodes to get to a piece of what we thought we wanted. Yeah, to he see. didn't try to vine a guy and he got yeah. away. And then he tried to find a guy and he got away. It and was it really just, yeah. it, it kept that tone that he is a monster. Yes. He's, yeah. he's he, he he may be Alec Holland in there and he may be a quote unquote DC superhero comic book superhero. But at the end of the day, Swamp Thing is a force of nature. Right. And that's what I find so interesting because, you know, at the first episode, Alec is very much he's almost like playing detective in a way because he's trying to find out what's going in the swamp. He has these hunches. He he has some some evidence of what he's finding. And this version of of Holland that we see is clearly a completely different person. So is it is it the accelerant that's twisted him? Is it nature? Is it the supernatural? Like and I think that's where you if if you were to go in and read start reading the the saga swamp thing, you hear that, you know, he might not actually be human. That, yes. That the plants have taken on his memories, you know. And, and so you, he has their that's memories. Why, no, that's why they I, have his memories. Oh. That he is not there anymore. That he is yeah. actually dead. Yeah, that Alec Holland is actually dead. And that's what was cool about Swamp Thing was because it tackled a subject that basically, are you really alive just because you have memories? Are you that person? There's a lot more going on There's to it. There's a lot more going on to it. And this episode from beginning to end has stuck to that tone and that's why i'm really psyched to see where they go with it i mean my my brain was like just going through okay if i could actually see what happens in the future we have eight episodes left what are they possibly going to tackle okay will they tackle just like what you alluded to bobby is like the whole point about Saga's Swamp Thing is finding out that Swamp Thing thinks he's Alec Holland, but Alec Holland is actually dead. <laughs> Swamp Thing is just a force of nature. Yeah, it's just a thing that's out there. It's a thing that's out there that has Holland's memory, his quote-unquote soul mm-hmm. in him. And that's what that's what is the conflict throughout the entire story is, is he human or is he not? And I think that's where we're going. And they set it up kind of in the first episode because we see the swamp attack without a human form. Yes. And then right. the swamp takes them in and now there's a human form or, you know, manifestation. To it. Yes. Yeah. And so this is these are the things that are just like a lot deeper. And honestly, I wouldn't have known any of this if the DCU app didn't suggest that this is what you should be reading. The saga of Swamp Thing. Yes. And so I read those, you know, whatever that five or six uh, issue run that they suggested. And it's just like, well, and now I'm watching the show and I'm seeing all these things unfold. Now you know what's in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's definitely interesting and a lot deeper than, you know. As I joked before about Captain Planet. Do they have every volume up there of of Alan Moore's run? Uh, I I believe so. I believe so, yes. Yes, they they, they have a majority of the older stuff. It's time to go down the rabbit hole. Oh, go down that rabbit hole. It's actually fun. And honestly, I think this is where um, 
when you're interested in the shows and we talked a little bit, you know, before, you know, and then we'll close this out of we want more right away. This is where the app kind of can take over for you. Yeah. You want more right away. Well, guess what? Go go read some issues. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Go read the source material. Well, asshole. But, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I think this is different, though. This, you know, before you'd have to actually go find it here. I'm it's already right on the app. It's right there for you. So, so, I mean, I think that if, you know, you're wanting more Swamp Thing, go, re- go read those, those issues in between because uh, those are special. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, again, if you're not very familiar with the characters or, you know, just the overall theme of what Swamp Thing is. It's, yeah. it's something to look at. So, all right, uh, let's get into final thoughts before we end episode two. David, I'm going to start with you. Uh, final thoughts on this episode. It was a really strong episode. I was coming off of the negativity of like the past news, but I'm really hoping that the the series up to this point will just, they'll leave it in the dust. Okay, fine. We're, we're not going to get a season two, but we got eight episodes. I want to enjoy them. <laughs> See, uh, episode two continued that trend because I was like, uh, I was like worried that it would be cookie cutter of uh, uh, starting to get cookie cutter with swamp thing. But now they're going into areas that basically open up gigantic areas where they can go. And it makes me wonder, okay, we only have eight, eight episodes. Are we going to get answers to all of these? I, I mean, honestly, I loved your explanation of the, of the green, the red and the rot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I thought about that last week after we talked and, you know, you explaining that to me makes me even more excited about what's going on. So, yeah, I think to branch off of what you just said, pun intended, um, <laughs> Steve, the the fact that we do only have eight episodes, it's a lot to wrap up. I obviously don't think that it will get wrapped up. I think it will end. And it, it, it's going to Constantine. Yeah, it's going to. I think I think, I think it to. is because I know you mentioned that last episode, Bobby, if it, we're going to get a Constantine ending. And I honestly, at this point, think we are going to get a Constantine ending because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that they're going to just like launch everything at the audience right away and just leave it there. And and the fact that they were canceled in the middle of filming, it's not like they knew to plan to end. Yes. And so anyway, well, I, I, overall, I, I, this episode was a strong second episode, like incredibly strong. Um, the, the editing, like we were saying at the beginning was some of the most amazing editing. I think I've seen in any of the superhero shows across, uh, you know, Marvel, DC, you know, obviously the, the hallway scene in Daredevil will always stand to be one of those amazing. And they repeated it each season in a different flavor <laughs> on episode three. Yeah. And so to, to get something like that here in a different way, a very creative way of editing and making you feel two different characters going through their own kind of, uh, awakening or coming out of this thing. Um, was really well done. The pacing was a little bit weird um, in places. It felt like it it would it would pull you and then drag a little bit and then pull you and then and, and maybe that was what they were going for. Um, but but holy shit! And the, and the like uh, I had in the notes here that the the uh, dream thing that that she was going through <laughs> with the corpse. So it kind of goes back to what you were saying with the with the rotting uh, or the rot. It's like. Jesus, if that's not terrifying. Oh, it is. I mean, the the rot itself, if they are able to actually connect the rot in season one, I will be very happy because that is one of the things that is absolutely scary in the DC universe. Like it's scary v- visually just to see that in the show. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like those kinds of things. I'm with Bobby. Like there's, <laughs> there's a certain level of horror that I love, but when it starts to get into the supernatural weird stuff and I'm not a spiritual slash religious person by any stretch, but it's one of those things that when horror taps into that, I kind of tap out. <laughs> well, yeah, it's always the, 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 those movies that were happening in the early 2000s, like Blair Witch and all that yeah. other stuff that you believed is real, or they were shot from the baby's camera, yeah. you know, and you hear the, 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 the walking on the fucking Jesus, floor. And don't do that. Oh like my that. God. Um, you, you, that's what Swamp Thing's doing to me. And, and, and I like it. it it's, 
it's not something that I really want to watch while I'm going to bed. Uh, <laughs> no, and that's the problem because when this thing drops, it's on a Friday, oh, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I'll watch this. And it's always it's late because of the gym or whatever on Friday. And yeah, between that and, and Chernobyl this week, watching it before I go to bed, horrible idea. Yeah. Horrible should not idea. have done that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, uh, f- uh, it's so strong. I, I mean, I can't praise this show enough. Um, did, did I, you really think that we would be? I mean, we all hope that that's what we would, what we would be saying. I was really hoping for it. But, but did you really think we would be sitting here saying like what, how Bobby just framed it? Uh, yeah. Well, see, the thing is, like, my expectation has been so much lowered based on some of the things that have come out, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if it's because I've lowered my expectation or this thing has just been so fucking off the wall for me that I'm just like, this is this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, um, because that's the way I feel. I'm 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 just watching this going. Uh, you know, we talked about the costuming, the the editing, the sound, everything that they're doing. They're they're not over jump scaring you. They're not you know overusing kind of just like tropes for these type of movies in TV shows. They're using everything properly. The the the, the you know the studio swamp feels real. Um, I know it's a studio swamp, but I don't give a shit because it's it awesome. Feels it feels great. Yeah, feels real. It feels real, and it looks fantastic yes yeah, so, i mean so we're talking you know we're getting into set design you know sound when you when you marry all this stuff up acting writing um you're believing these characters after two episodes I, you know it this 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 is great tv for what we're getting at and i'm not even a swamp thing fan so i could only imagine the boner david comes out with every <laughs> fucking episode i've been i've been i'm telling you guys i'm really I've had I've lost faith in superhero television a long time ago. And then when Mike got me into DC Universe, I said, "Okay. I've seen what I, I, this was like when they showed like Titans and the teasers and I'm like going, "Okay. I was Not skeptical. Too sure I was this. skeptical. It looks like a bunch I looked at Mike and I told him, "It's a bunch of cosplayers." Well, yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. The way then, the way I describe this is this is so much more than fuck Batman, and they made a mistake yeah. of marketing it like and marketing that, it and like that, that turned me off. But when Bobby was like, "Dude, you've got to watch Titans,", Titans. Like, he's like, "You you just got to give it a shot." And and that first episode drew me in so hard. Just the scene of her walking into the circus. Yes. I was ready to whip my dick out. I I feel like uh, our, our, as these shows keep going on, our, our expectations of what we're going to get out of them um, are going to be up there. Yes. Absolutely. And this, this hasn't failed. This hasn't failed yet. Yet. I don't want to say yet. I'm just Yeah, don't say yet. I'm all that just makes it sound bad. (laughs) All right. Uh, On that yet comment, that'll do it for today's DC on RMD Swamp Thing edition. Remember, you can always catch any past and future episodes on DC on RMD.com. Find us on all our social medias. Let us know what you guys are feeling about Swamp Thing, and we'll talk to you next week. The Defender of the Green.